Welcome back to In Ema's Eyes, a podcast where we journey through the weekly Torah portion and glean parenting insights along the way. My name is Sasha, the Catalyst, and I am your host, and I am grateful to be back today. Um, <clears throat> this week we're studying Parshat Vayera, and that's chapter, uh, sorry, Exodus chapter 6, verse 2 through chapter 9, verse 35. Now listen, we left off last week with Moses and Aaron appearing before Pharaoh to ask for freedom for the Hebrew slaves, and Pharaoh basically laughing and saying, ha, no way. So anyway, and he ends up increasing the burden for the people. So, And then they get pretty mad and bitter, and they complain to Moses. And then Moses um, basically asks God to explain himself because he doesn't understand. So, And God replies with, now you will see my mighty hand outstretched against Pharaoh. So in this week's Parsha, um, we open with God's response to Moses, which is a continuation of last week. Um, he basically reiterates the covenant and um, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, in the second Aaliyah, we take a brief interlude from the story and trace the lineage of Moses and Aaron listing the entire family tree of the Levites. In the third Aaliyah, God tells Moses to go speak to Pharaoh and Aaron should serve as his spokesperson. Um, God informed Moses that he will indeed harden Pharaoh's heart and refuse to release the, the, and refuse to release the Israelites and that God will multiply the miracles in Egypt until the Egyptians also will recognize that God is God. So I'm not an Egyptologist, but my understanding of this whole dynamic is that the Egyptians actually believed Pharaoh was God and that they also believed in like they were polytheists. So they had the frog was a God and the Nile was a God and the sun was a God. And so just again, as a context, the entire um, drama that proceeds from this um, conversation between Moses and Pharaoh is really, a, um, if <laughs> it's really, God versus the gods of Egypt, like they're like they're in a battle for proving which God is stronger. And um, anyway, I, I love how God is not just concerned about his people, his, her, it, source. God, God is not just concerned about God's people. God is concerned about the Egyptians as well. And if, I just find that important. Um, I really can't explain why, but just my heart wants you to wants you to know that God wasn't just concerned about the Israelites. God was concerned about the, the God's reputation in front of the Egyptians. So um, in the fourth Aaliyah, Moses and Aaron appear before Pharaoh as per God's instructions. And Aaron throws his staff on the ground and it turns into a serpent. Um, Pharaoh's magicians try to do the same. And Aaron's staff ends up swallowing theirs. Personally, I might have been pretty convinced by that. Um, and then we have Plague 1 and Plague 2, the Nile turning to blood, and the frogs um, emerging from the Nile in droves and ending up in their houses and all over the place. And then in the fifth Aaliyah, Moses prays to God and all the frogs die, and Egypt smelled terrible. I, cannot, I do not like the smell of decaying flesh at all. And so when there's a dead whatever in the vicinity, I it just it makes me feel unclean to the nth degree. So I cannot imagine how disgusting that was. Plague three, um, 
Aaron smote the earth with his staff, and the, we have the lice plague, plague four, uh, the noxious animals. Um, and then this is the first plague in plague four where the Israelites are spared from the land of Goshen is spared from the plague and only the Egyptians suffer from the plague. That's the fifth Aaliyah. In the sixth Aaliyah, the wild beasts descend. Um, we have plague five, the cattle suddenly die. Plague six, the um, boils on the skin. Plague seven, it, oh, sorry, seventh Aaliyah, plague seven. Moses is, warns Pharaoh that a catastrophic hail is going to descend upon the land. And um, so fire blazes down inside icy hail. And this time Pharaoh seems to be confessing his sin, making teshuva. He says, I've sinned this time. Uh, the Lord is the righteous one, and I and my people are the guilty ones. Please pray for us and let it be enough of God's thunder and hail, and I will let you go. But guess what? Pharaoh changes his mind again. <laughs> one year, my boys did a little skit about the the 10 plagues from Passover um, for Passover. And it was hysterical because my third arrow, who's very much the dramatic one, um, he, uh, he kept going. And you know what that Pharaoh said? He said, no, again, he changed his mind again. Can you believe it? Like he just can't get over how stubborn this Pharaoh is being. So, okay. So I'm going to pause the, our discussion of the Parsha for a second. Cause I have a really cool story to tell of my own. Um, last week I had the privilege and honor of taking my third arrow and my fourth arrow to the ice skating rink. It's, uh, there was no school on Friday. Uh, well, we had school for homeschooling, but, um, the, the school, there was a special ice skating event for kids, for the kids and the homeschool kids because it was a day out from regular public school. So, um, I think in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day in, uh, in whose merit this podcast is being broadcast. So, um, Anyway, so we get out on the ice. My the fourth arrow and I are a little slow because he's only four. And uh, so we finally get out on the ice, and I'm watching third arrow. And he's actually doing a great job. And a couple of his buddies ended up being there. And he is doing he's doing a fantastic job. This is his third time ice skating in his entire life. And he is doing a fantastic job. Um, although he seems to feel like the best way to stop himself is to run into a wall but I think that'll come with time. So anyway, um, so he started smiling because he is impressed with himself. And he, so he skates over by us. And as soon as he gets within six feet of me, he starts going, mom, mom, look what I can do. And down he goes. And so uh, he gets up and keeps skating. And then a few minutes later, he comes around the circle by us again, because we're going, you know, maybe a 10th of the speed of everybody else on the ice, because we're, we're just this is fourth arrows first turn on the ice. And I haven't skated on ice since I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12. However old I was when my feet were finally big enough to fit into my aunt's ice skates at my grandma's farm. So anyway, um, so he comes around again and, and he's doing great. He's doing great. And he's like zooming, you know, and then he sees me and he goes, mom, mom, look at, look at how good I'm doing. And down he goes. <laughs> And after five times of him falling while he was talking and skating at the same time, I, I gently said, you know, it's possible that maybe you can't talk and skate at the same time. It And as I'm helping fourth arrow, you know, we kind of had a chuckle about it. And I said, 
you know, don't worry about it. Some people can't walk and chew gum at the same time. And he just laughed and he went off with his friends. And, you know, it's, he's at that age when there's buddies around. He pretty much, you know, ignores me. So, <laughs> and that's fine. That's normal. Um, so fourth hour and I, I had a lesson on the ice as well. He was, um, I didn't realize how conditioned he has become to um, feel like he, there may not be enough for him. Um, until I watched him, there was, there's these little red, um, ramp things like they, they, they remind me of a walker for like a elderly person and they, um, they help you skate on the ice. And he really wanted one of those after a couple of times, he only fell like three times, but he was, that was enough for him. And <clears throat> so he wanted one and someone, uh, set one down. And so we had about six feet to skate ahead to go get one. And then he started trying to run to it. And so I kept saying to him, slow down and just trust that it'll still be there when you catch up. You know, um, some of us, like myself and Fourth Arrow, we kind of run on our own, a different time schedule than the rest of the world. And it's not, it's not rebellion. It probably seems that way to other people sometimes, but sometimes we just move a little slower than, than other people. And um, I, am lear- I am too learning that I can, I need to trust that whatever I is whatever I see that's, you know, an opportunity for me will be there. Um, once I get to it, just trust that God has my back. So anyway, so yeah, he, he was doing fine. And then except when he felt like, oh my gosh, if I don't hurry, I'm going to get left out or I'm not going to get what I need to be safe. And so then he'd try to rush and run and down on his face, he'd go. (laughs) So, so the word for the fourth arrow uh, last Friday was trust, just trust, trust your body, trust yourself, trust that the universe has got your back and that what you need will be there when you finally get to it. And, um, and for third arrow, uh, what I learned from watching him was that balancing and concentrating on skating. I mean, really your entire life is on a blade. That's probably what a a quarter of an inch thick and maybe whatever, in my case, my foot's probably nine inches long. So, um, that's your whole life is on two little blades, you know? And I, what I got out of watching third arrow was, um, I just started a new job, Rukashem, for working for a Jewish outfitter club, basically. And, I, you know, it's taking a lot of new balance in my life. I'm trying to learn how to navigate my calendar. I had to let go of some things that were making my life a little too busy. And um, things, so I just had to rearrange priorities and to make room for this position. And I'm really excited about it. But I'm, you know, I'm, I have to concentrate a lot on balancing right now. And, um, because I'm not good at skating in this way yet. Right. And so, um, you know, I can't skate and talk at the same time either. I, we got to the afternoon on Friday and for whatever reason, I had booked a couple of work related things Friday afternoon. And those of you that keep Shabbat know that that's probably not a good idea. And so I ended up like slamming into Shabbat right off of a zoom call and it was horrible. And my husband and I almost got in a fight And I just like all of a sudden the skating incident from the afternoon, like ran across my head. And I'm like, you know what? I can't talk and skate yet either. I need all of my concentration to on this new rhythm and routine for right now. And once I start mastering it, then maybe I can try talking about it and mastering it at the same time. So anyway, we're going to, if I don't close up that story, we're going to run out of time. So I'm going to move on to my parenting touch points. I think, my first parenting touch point really today is um, I have been consistently amazed at 
how much I learned from my children. I feel like God gave me four children so because I had something to offer them, right? But in reality, I have also learned what I need to learn to grow from watching them. And perhaps it's because as a parent, I mean, we see a totally different perspective when we're looking at our kids struggling with the same thing. And I don't know, for those of you out there who like to beat yourself up when you make mistakes, I just want you to know, I used to be one of those people before I had my fourth child. And I'm trying not to be that person anymore because I don't yell at my kids when they make a mistake. I don't yell at my my third arrow when he goes down on the ice, I encourage him. I say, you know, are you okay? And do you want to keep trying? I think you're, you got this. You, you are capable of figuring this out. You know, I don't know why we can't talk to ourselves the same way. You're, you know, so I'm looking in the mirror today uh, and sometimes my kids are like a energetic mirror and I, you know, none of them are reflectors for those of you who are interested in human design. None of them are reflectors, but they are like these soul mirrors. There's a space, there's a gap between them and I where, where God can speak if I'm listening and show me how God sees me. And, um, you know, we, are we, am I listening? I need to be listening. I need to be watching. I need to be aware and I need to be paying attention to those subtle moments when God is encouraging me and telling me you got this. I, I know you got what it takes to figure this out. Otherwise, I wouldn't have put you in this situation. I would never put my own children into a situation where I absolutely knew they would fail completely. I would never do that because, uh, well, because that would be painful to watch, actually. <laughs> so anyway, um, and it also would be painful to them. It would totally devastate them. So um, I don't believe that God would put me in a situation where I was completely unprepared for what we were about to do. It doesn't mean I don't do new things. It just means that there's something, something we've already lived through together that has, that can help. So, um, okay. So are we listening? Do we really see and hear our children? I mean, like there's, God is doing all this in Egypt because he hears the cries of the Israelites. So he's also tangentially concerned with the Egyptians. And, um, and also the other, my other touch point today was about the bitterness in Moshe in Moses when he sees that the Israelites' spirits are crushed. Um, thank you, Moses, because good leadership always begins with remembering whose people you are leading. So these people are not my people or your people. These people are God's people, and God is intimately concerned with how their their, their lives are going. So I do have a one-minute debate prompt for you in the comments. So I want you to pretend you're Moses this week. And do you just like pack it up and go home when you see that the people aren't listening to you and neither is Pharaoh or do you try, try again? And so I'm curious to hear, we know how Moses reacted, but what would you do? I mean, I personally could see myself going either way. So I'm curious to see what you guys think. Anyway, that's time. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, and may the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob bless you with eyes that can see God's hand in the intimate details of your life today and that you may be strengthened, but not crushed by all the burdens that you bear. Until next time, shalom.